Why haven't we taken advantage of it as a family unit for generations to generations? Where was the cutoff? What, what was the disconnect? Or why wasn't there no connection? And a lot of times it started with a mindset that we didn't believe that we deserved, that we could even um, interact and be in that arena. And we can. Uh, it doesn't matter your, uh, your background, your nationality, but there is a certain part, uh, portion, a large portion of the population who don't believe that they deserve more than what they have now and that something is not for them. And I'm just here to let you know that it is for you. It was always for you. Welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast, the podcast that will motivate and inspire you to not only be a hearer, but to start being a doer. Because you know deep in your heart that there's so much more in you. The purpose of each episode is to provide you with actionable steps that you can take to assist you in your journey towards your goals. We will have topics that are relevant to you, and you'll hear from experts and influencers that will provide you with information you can take action on. I'm your host, Carlos Frank. Now let's be doers and dive into this episode. All right. Hey, 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 Doers Journey family. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. And I'm so excited that you're here right now, that you're listening to this podcast, and I'm extremely grateful for you. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you heard about something called Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum or cryptocurrency or blockchain? You probably have. And many of you listening to this, this might be the first year or so that you've heard about it, but it's actually been around for a while. And so I wanted to have a guest on here that can break down blockchain technology, that can break down things like Bitcoin, but also provide us with an awesome message and an inspiring story. And I didn't I couldn't think of anybody better to bring on than Eric White. Eric was actually a guest on episode seven of the podcast. So when you're done listening to this, if you like what you hear from Eric and the value that he's bringing, go back and listen to that podcast as well. Because Eric talks about all things mindset, uh, when you're learning a new skill, learning to master a new skill and focusing on the one thing. So I thought it was very relevant for him to be here now because you've probably heard of Bitcoin, that it's hit an all-time high as far as the time of this episode, got up over $40,000. And I know a lot of people are still scratching their head about what is Bitcoin. And some of you listening to this, you might be an expert in the space of blockchain technology. This episode is going to be perfect for you as well. But I want you to listen carefully to the things that Eric says, because in the introduction, I chose that introduction on purpose. It wasn't about blockchain or Bitcoin, but it had everything to do with mindset. And you might be wondering, what in the world does mindset have to do with cryptocurrency or blockchain or Bitcoin? Well, just like everything else on our journey, mindset is everything. And I appreciate the fact that Eric always touches on mindset, even as he's teaching, 
in the Inspired Trading Group, his free group on Facebook, or in his Dark Horse Coins group, he's always discussing mindset. So I want you to sit back and listen to Eric's story. It's inspiring, it's motivating, and he really breaks down blockchain technology, Bitcoin, and all the problems that it's going to solve for us now and in the future. So let's dive into this episode with entrepreneur, investor, philanthropist, and founder of Dark Horse Coins, Eric White. All right, Eric, welcome back to the Doer's Journey podcast, my friend. Hey, how you doing, bro? Doing good, man. You know, you are actually the first, you were one of my first interviews with the podcast and I wanted to bring you on just so you and I can have a conversation around this blockchain stuff and this Bitcoin stuff that everybody's talking about. But, you know, I'm excited to have you on, man. Hey, I'm glad to be back, man. Um, it's a great time uh, to help educate people, um, helping them understand uh, the wonderful new uh technologies that's being um, revealed to us um, in our society. So I think it'd be great for people to understand uh, before this thing really manifests and turn into something um, huge. So we're in the earlier stages of this. Well, and you know, the first thing that comes to mind when, when people talk about, if they hear the word cryptocurrency, they hear Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And Bitcoin's the big daddy of them all. It's kind of like the Rose Bowl of, of cryptocurrency, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's something behind that, and that's blockchain. So talk to me as if I was in, in kindergarten or elementary school, Eric, somebody that doesn't know this stuff. How would you ex- simply explain blockchain technology to somebody? So I'm going to explain it um from an elementary standpoint, and then I'm going to do it from um, either corporate America or anyone who understands uh, Excel spreadsheet. So we get best of both worlds. So the elementary version of blockchain would be children sitting on the floor with actual the, the alphabet blocks, A, B, C, D, E, whatever, all right? Each child has a letter. Okay. And one child decides to put down one block. Okay. The system knows that, let's say the first block is, uh, the first child was Carlos. All right. Now we don't have to go and order the ABCD. We're not going to do that. But let's say the first block was Carlos and his block was C. He puts the C down. All right. It's verified that that block belongs to Carlos, all right? Then Eric comes along and does interaction with Carlos, all right? So then now Eric puts his block down, which is an E. We're just going to go for our initials, which is an E, all right? And then now that block is verified that it belongs to Eric, and then let's say David comes in and D. Now we're going to have three blocks. We're going to stop at three blocks. David comes in. He interacts with me. And he puts his block down. And then the system verifies that that is David's block. All right. So now you have a 
chain. You're having a chain of information that's communicated and verified on the block, meaning that information is distributed onto what they call a ledger. It's a, it's a system, all right? So we're going to keep it elementary. And when we go further up, we'll talk about what's the system. But when the children put their blocks down, the system verified already that it came from them. It originated from them, all right? When the teacher handed out the blocks, the teacher, think of the teacher as the system, all right? The teacher is the system. The teacher sees it and knows, like, okay, Carlos had that, Eric had that, David had that, all right? When they put it down and they verified it, that, hey, this is mine, this is the transaction, then what happens is that the blockchains communicate with each other and they verify it and, they, and then it can never, it's called immutable, meaning no one can change. So the teacher can't come in and say, no, Carlos, I'm taking your block. She can't do it. It's, it's sealed. No one can come in and change it. No one can take Eric's block back out and put, it, put another person's block in. It's sealed, it's done, it's over with. So this is why they call it an immutable technology. Once it's verified, it cannot be reversed. Okay. And so that is one of the um, earlier concepts of uh, blockchain for at an elementary level. Mm -hmm. Now it still could seem like I'm still confused. Mm -hmm. Right. So now some you know, most of you guys from corporate or even in um, college, you know, you probably did dealt, dealt with uh, spreadsheets using Excel mm -hmm. and you can do, you know, the Google uh, share drive where um, if you're working with a team, if whatever you update on the Google drive or the, the Excel spreadsheet, everybody that's on that project will see your update. So if you add a name, you add some numbers on it, it updates simultaneously across the network, okay? So that it doesn't mean that now you have to update something and then you have to send it to another team and for them to do it, it's like, no, we all can work on our portion of the uh, spreadsheet simultaneously. So think of the blockchain like that too. It's information that's being updated in a system instead of being on a spreadsheet, it's being updated on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. So it's more than just... Uh, money and currency. It's a lot of other things. Information can be downloaded or uploaded or distributed into the blockchain. And then once it's distributed there, it verifies, validates it and seals it. Okay. So you have to make sure whatever you're putting in there, that you're not putting something in that you don't want to be, uh, that you feel like it needs to be changed at a later date because this is a, uh, the immutable process of it. Mm -hmm. All right. And so, that's one of the um, ways of trying to understand um, blockchain when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. And as we get more into the interview, we will, uh, I will go in and start bringing out some real world applications mm -hmm. so you can start um, piecing it together. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I was going to get to because, you know, I've, I've been looking at this stuff. I've been fascinated by blockchain technology, 
I guess going back when I first heard it was around 2016. And of course, the first thing I heard about was Bitcoin. And right. actually somebody else that I interviewed, I've interviewed on the podcast, Zach Young. I saw him post something. He was like, hey, does anybody have any Bitcoin? You know, because I'll buy it from you. And, you know, that was back in the day. I forgot how much Bitcoin was around that time. It might have been a thousand, two thousand dollars. It might have been eight hundred dollars. Either way. Back then, was, yeah, probably about received seven, six or seven. Right. And so, I, you know, that that got me curious about it. And I looked into it. So now I'm understanding a little bit more about what you're saying. But then I started, OK, what's what's the real world application? So let me back up to this, Eric, what got you so interested in blockchain? What, what perked your ears up about it and got you to where you actually wanted to dive in and, and become an expert in it? Well, so I had a friend, um, we were trading, uh, we were doing stocks, uh, starting to get heavy into a little bit of Forex, um, but he would always uh, give us an update on Bitcoin's price. At the time, I didn't even really... I've heard about Bitcoin uh, back in 2009-ish, 8-ish. So I've, I was familiar with it, but as soon as I heard about Bitcoin, I said it was stupid. I said, that don't even make sense. Like, why would... Why do we need a... Um, at the time, it was called the Internet of Money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we have PayPal. Like, well, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. We, we don't... That's the... To me, that was Internet of Money. Like, we can we can use either PayPal or you can use your you know your your Visa check card or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really didn't make sense to me at that time. Uh, I was like, why are we going to use this? You know, why we need to replace it? So anyway, fast forward to about around 2016 ish. Um, a friend just kept giving us updates on the price. Hey guys, Bitcoin at 800. Hey guys. Bitcoin just hit 900. And, and then I think once it crossed over like 1,500, it piqued my interest. And so the entire time I said to myself, well, I'm not going to buy a whole entire Bitcoin for $1,500. So, and that was the reason of my delay. I saw the price go from, from, the, to, from the hundreds into the thousands. And I thought that I had to buy an entire coin. So that's why it was one of the reasons I was turned off. I thought it was just out of my price range of investing. And then my friend, I made that comment. My friend was like, no, you can buy fractions of it. You don't have to, you don't have to do the whole thing. So I was like, huh. I was like, well, let me look into this. Let me look in it. Let me see what, what he's talking about because he keep talking about it. So I went in, I looked, and then I noticed that there were other coins too. And I've always been the type of person that I don't like chasing after things that are shiny and that are very popular. Instead, I need, I want to look for things that may be uh, in the backdrop that could have a similar position, um, um, the similar type of uh, run in the long run, um, but they're just not known at the moment. And so I started looking and then I found uh, Ethereum. And I think at the time Ethereum was like, <sighs> I want to say like $8, some change. Mm. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Litecoin was like $4, some change. Check this out. XRP around, was fluctuating between 0.006 and like 
uh, 10 cents area. It was from when I was in it, when I, in the earlier days. Um, so you see who was real early in, in, in those days. What really piqued my interest really wasn't anything to do with um, what was going on with pricing. It was everything to do with the stock market. And here's why. There were a lot of there were a lot of mistakes I made as far as not paying attention to the financial markets. We use a lot of products every day. Some people got Apple phones, some people shop at Walmart, some people buy Jordan shoes. They do a lot of these uh, investments. I mean, they invest into things that does not have ROI, which means a return on investment, meaning they're buying into liabilities or uh, just uh, either perishable items or just items that, you know, really doesn't have any intrinsic value. Okay. So we spend a lot of time with our resources on these particular items, but yet sometimes we don't stop to think, why aren't we investing in the, the companies and the technology that's creating these items that we're using and we're purchasing every year? And so I immediately start looking back at what was, what was popular at that time. Um, NVIDIA, NVIDIA Corporation was very, was, was, was hot at that time. I got into NVIDIA back into 2012, 11 years when it was around, I want to say $19 a share. All right. And then now uh, NVIDIA has, has grown to well over 300 something dollars a share. All right. So when I thought about NVIDIA at that particular time, my mistake was I didn't put in a lot of money into NVIDIA when it was 19. I put enough in, but not a lot. And I was saying to myself, what if I can go back in time and I could think about where should I be looking? If, if I'm currently here right now, where should I be looking and, and having a forward thinking mentality of what would be the future? What would I be happy about in the future had I been open to it at this present moment? And so when I started asking that and looking, that's what opened my mind up to say, I, this technology, I need to understand what is this tech? What, what is Bitcoin? What is behind the tech? What is it? And when I opened my when I opened my eyes to it and I understood it, I knew that this was a, a beginning of something new, mm. and that eventually, a lot of corporations, a lot of business infrastructures, educational infrastructures, government infrastructures, will all be using this. Mm -hmm. And the technology that opened my mind to this was the internet. I began to look and map out a lot of the internet companies in the, in the late nineties, like the Amazons. Right. And, and then you started looking at later on the Netflixes came, but I saw the progression. Okay. From the late nineties up to where we are now, what is that? Maybe 22, 23 years and look at the evolution of the internet since then it's monumental. Mm -hmm. Right. We wouldn't know how to operate without the internet these days okay and so me marrying that together 
that's what opened my eyes up to say, you know what? I need to get into this blockchain. I need to understand it even more. And I'm still a student of it. I'm still mm-hmm. learning something every day about it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Eric, I was the same way as you, just curious about it. And I started looking at, all right, Bitcoin's cool and all that. And that's what's making all the noise. But what's the backbone behind it? What's the foundation behind it? And that's when I went and looked at, all right, I need to look more into this blockchain technology. And I saw a YouTube video and it just blew my mind. So let's go back to what you were talking about, like a real world applications. Cause you know, you and I, as I was listening to you, I was geeking out, nerding out about blockchain. Cause I, I understand it because I've been uh, studying it over the years, but talk to us. What's, what's a simple real world application for blockchain? What's a problem that it can actually solve or is already solving for us? All right. So let's talk about interoperability. All right. So interoperability is a, a mechanism that allows for uh, various devices, various databases um, to communicate with each other. That is very, very important. Here's why. Uh, some of you may listen to this uh, podcast on various uh, phone devices that Apple's, Samsung's, well, we're just going to say the iOS, the Android systems. Uh, I guess that's mainly the two um, systems that's operating. And I guess you got multiple brand names that operate under it. Um, you know, like Boost Mobiles, the T-Mobiles. Uh, they're probably all Android systems, but y'all get where I'm going. So you can listen to the podcast on any of those devices. That's, that's a form of interoperability, all right? You can also download an app on your phone, such as Facebook, and Facebook did not build their app to be exclusive to only one service, like Apple. They didn't say, hey, we're only for Apple users. No, they're for any user who can use, so that's for, therefore, manufacturers software engineers, developers all over the world, they work in an interoperability manner, meaning that when we create, we're creating in a cohesive manner that we're all operating in information and people can move seamless through the technologies without an issue. You ever get a... uh, a compatibility error when, you know, in the earlier days, if you went to the gas station and you bought a charger, the mm-hmm. gas station, and then eventually the charger stopped working mm-hmm. because maybe Apple phone uh, detects that, hey, this is really not compatible. It worked maybe for the first couple of weeks or whatever, but eventually it, it stopped working. Right. That, that's a compatibility issue. <clears throat> but what you're seeing now, <clears throat> excuse me, is that, you, you have a lot of these manufacturers are starting to update their processes and the, um, and the engineering and coding to where it is more operable. And you have uh, people like Apple who are looking to let more of the so-called little man to come in the game to provide these accessories that are, uh, that can be um, 
in unison with their products. So they are working together on that. So interoperability is huge. If you, if you want to send money from your cash app from your phone, cash apps, technology, and software must communicate with your bank. That's interoperability. Someone has to bridge the gap for you to be able to send transactions from, from your cash app to another person, and then that person pulls that money back into their bank and vice versa. There's a, that's a communication highway, okay? It's used through the internet. It's used through data and, 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 uh, and the system. Information is being sent over these networks, okay? So interoperability is one of the key components of uh, blockchain that is the next wave that has to, that has to um, be able to communicate what we call something's called off chain and on chain. So remember, we talked about blockchain. What is off chain? Well, let's say I go to a basketball game and let's say we're watching the Lakers in Golden State. All right, Lakers are up in the third quarter. How does the blockchain know that? Because that's an off chain event. How does the internet know that? Okay. How, how, how does the internet, how can you go in your app and you can update and you can look at the uh, ESPN app and you can see the scores or you can go to Google and you can see the scores. How's that information being brought onto the internet? Mm-hmm. Somebody's putting then, it in. Yeah. So how, 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 how will the uh, blockchain record those things too? So see, so you, you got an off chain events and then you have on chain. Who is going to bridge the gap to bring in off chain events onto the on onto the chain to verify the locking in. Okay. It's like a historical data that's trapped. That's, that's, that's sealed, mm-hmm. verified. It's done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sometimes we heard, we heard of things called timestamp. All right. Timestamp is real good. That's why in a corporate America, uh, you know, we call it, uh, you know, they're not, not receipts, but you know, um, uh, I do diligence and, uh, making sure that uh, if you send out a memo or email, mm-hmm. you know, it shows that you uh, started a chain. You started a chain of communication mm-hmm. and it's time stamp. So if anybody said, well, I didn't receive that, you can always go back to the original document of the email and you can look and it's timestamp. And those mm-hmm. timestamps cannot be audited. I mean, they cannot be edited. All right. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, no, on 1230, 2020 at 1027 a.m., I sent you this particular email and I CC'd you, blah, blah, blah. So that timestamps helps with verifying um, that information. So just that, and that's a great example to, to show you how it would maybe look on the blockchain. It's sealed, it's timestamp. All right. So this is where we're going to bring it home. When you think of the blockchain, think of the internet. Without the internet, the blockchain doesn't exist. So it's nothing outside. It's nothing built outside of the internet. What you're really witnessing is what we call the internet two. I mean, three This is the next generation of internet. If Carlos, you don't mind, I, I, can I like dive a little deep on that? Yeah. So the first generation of internet was limited it was only um 
whoever created the, the information, it was a one-way street. Meaning that when you updated something on the internet, like if you put a blog or you put a website, it was very static. It was really text read only. There was really no advanced pixelations with high looks, no really true visual effect. You know, it was, uh, and, and, and in the early days, there were no ads. So it was very static, just nothing but words that you could just read. And so there was no way to really engage with the end user, which is the one. So then what happened is um, you had Internet 2.0. So this is where things got interesting. The creators of content now could engage with their audience. Now ads were added. Visuals. Okay. Um, analytics to see who's clicking in and out, how many unique users. Uh, think of YouTube that's engaging with who? The end user. When, when, the, the, when you had an informational product or you had something that you want to share to the world in the earlier days, it was very hard to get feedback from the end user. There was really no way to really truly engage with them. All right. And so now you got YouTube videos, you got uh like you got the social media, you can engage with the person on the other end. So that radically changed the way we did business. All right. Now you have internet 3.0, which is blockchain. All right. Blockchain is going to allow us to build complex applications on top of the internet. See, blockchain is built on top of the internet. It's just another layer. So if any of you ever heard of something called WordPress, WordPress was a uh, application system that allows you to build um, websites. That's what the main use, and a lot of people use it for blogs. Um, you can put in a lot of widgets, uh, interactive things. If you was great, really great at coding, um, you can really make a really interactive website that will that could really stand the test of time that can go against some of the bigger type websites that you see out there today. A lot of the websites from your um, um, famous uh, brands in the world are built on WordPress. All right. So it's very intuitive. And a lot of times you have to have a real advanced background in coding uh, to be able to make those work. Now you go to a website like Wix. It's not built on WordPress, but some of the functionalities are taken. And so it's, that's built on another level. Uh, I mean, another system um, or operating system or whatnot. So when you look at, that's a good thing. When you look at the internet, when you look at uh, Facebook, when you look at Instagram, you're looking at applications. Those are apps. That's what, that's the short so applications. App is short for applications, right? These applications, remember, were never in existence at one point. But because of the internet, someone came up with innovative ideas, Let's take Clubhouse. Clubhouse is booming now for um, the iOS, the Apple users. And I believe they're working on something for Samsung. And, and that is a great example. If you ever heard of Clubhouse, 
a lot of Samsung or Android users, people who don't have the uh, the Apple system, they're a little upset. Some of them say, that, hey, I'm jealous. Like, I want to get in on this. When are you going to do something <clears throat> for, um, you know, the rest of us? That's interoperability, guys. Your, the, the, the Clubhouse model hasn't fixed the interoperability issue. They have to work with this, the Android teams and everything to make sure that it works seamlessly because you want the same experience that the Apple users are getting. Right, so the reason why I brought Club out because it's an app. You download the app, right? So you use the app. So blockchain is going to allow you to do the same thing. It's going to be is it allows for people to create applications, and that's going to bring us home to this point. Bitcoin is an application built on the blockchain. What is the application? Is digital currency. All right, blockchain, I mean, um, Bitcoin is the first application ever built on the blockchain. And I want to let you guys know, blockchain was first discussed in 1991. Hmm. All right. The implementation of its design was in 2008. So the idea of it was already, and, and, and guys, in the 90s, they tried a digital currency, but it failed miserably. It never gained traction. People throughout history uh, in, in those, at that time tried to create a form of a Bitcoin. It wasn't gonna be, it's not named Bitcoin, but they tried a digital version of it. And I love to find, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a documentary out I need to go back and find that. And, and if I do, I will give it to Carlos and maybe he can add it into the footnotes. But there's a documentation, now, uh, a documentary out where there is a guy in the 90s who actually broke down and what he foresees to be in the future of a digital currency. And if, if you didn't know the date, you would think that he was just talking about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. That's how uh, they, were, they were always, there was already working on wanting to have something like this. Satoshi Nakamoto, which is the uh, thought to be the founder of Bitcoin and the creative blockchain. Uh, some think it's one person. Some people think it's a group of coders. Uh, I don't lean anymore to the second of this a group of coders because the complexity of blockchain, it needs an entire uh, robust team to be able to uh, build something of that magnitude. Um, and they um, stay anonymous. Um, throughout this life cycle. Uh, no one knows who they are. Uh, maybe that's for good reason. We don't know. Uh, but they helped did, uh, do this initial design um, in creating this. So back to the applications. When you think of Bitcoin, it's an application. When you think of Ripple or um, Ethereum and all these other uh, cryptocurrencies that you're hearing about, they are decentralized applications added on to the blockchain. So let me ask you this, Eric, with crypto, uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, of course, that's the first thing a lot of people think about and they think of, oh, they're trying to replace fiat money or USD money with right. this digital currency. 
But I think it's important for people to know that blockchain is bigger than digital currency. It is. It's solving problems. It's not just about trying to, to hide your transaction through this blockchain, through mm-hmm. a decentralized ledger that nobody can really track. It's people are out there using Ethereum, the Ethereum blockchain to actually build on it and create right. solutions, real world solutions. So right. talk oh, real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So that's perfect. I'm glad you said that. So voter fraud, it's an issue. You have people who have died in 2008 that all of a sudden showed up and voted in this year's election. How does that happen? You get it? All right. You have interference with the Russians in the first round of the elections in 2016-ish. The Russians uh, interfered, interfered with our election. What's can solve that blockchain? Blockchain is now working on that to where when you die, it's going to be verified, updated in the blockchain system, immutable. All right. Every citizen can go through a, a, a rigorous process of onboarding to make sure that you're registered and it's in the system and it's done correctly. And it's three, you'll be able in the future from the click of your, a button on your phone to select your candidates submitting your results and your vote will be verified on a blockchain. And then if you, and if the system attempts to duplicate your vote, it would detect it and it would kick it out of the system and it won't verify it because it would always, it would already say <clears throat> based off this person's, like let's say it's Carlos based off Carlos credentials and, um, uh, his registered uh, social security, everything he's already voted. He voted last Thursday. Uh, you know, he's voted last Thursday. So uh, there's another attempt under his name to register, uh, to, to, to submit a vote. That vote cannot be verified. Therefore it's not being counted. So it was, it won't even make it onto the blockchain. Because the system has to have, it's a consensus. This other, the other networks, everything around has to verify. And once they all communicate with each other, the system says, no, that person is already verified, denied. You can't get multiple access. A lot of you guys, y'all know this, that when you uh, log in onto a website, and if you're logging in from an unknown location, sometimes the security system will flag it because they think someone is trying to hack. I'm like, wait a minute, this person for, for the last two years have been logging in from Florida, but then all of a sudden they're logging in from Alaska. That's a little fishy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll send you alerts. Hey, someone uh, from an unknown you know, uh, IP address was trying to access, was this you? All right. So you see how the system communicating with that, all right? So blockchain is going to be able to do some of those advanced functionalities when in the voting, all right? Let's talk about VeChain. VeChain is a project that's on the blockchain. That's an um, actual cryptocurrency as well. VeChain is going to um, solve the supply chain issue, all right? And, and the counterfeit market. 
stocks, right? Billions of dollars are lost every year because of counterfeits. People doing fake Jordans, fake jewelry, fake Louis Vuittons, and you know, all these other things, right? Now, companies are going to be able to register their brands onto the blockchain. And then they're going to be able to put in specialized uh, QR codes into their products. All right. And they cannot be duplicated. So from the comfort of your home, you'll be able to take your phone, scan a QR code, and it will let you know if it's validated and that is for the original creator and that the person who is selling it is authorized to sell it as an authorized dealer who's been vetted, who's been, um, who goes through the right protocol to be able to be a reseller of that particular product. And if it verifies, checks out, it gives you the green light and then you can proceed to purchase that particular item. And then the item will be shipped to you. And then as the item is shipped to you, you can see where that item is at at all times. Now you have a little bit of that with the Amazon now, you can track your order, but this one was to be uh, uh, different. You literally can track your order as it's literally like traveling on the road, stopping at every stop, you can see where it's at. Normally with the Amazon one, I believe it's where it tracks it where it's at in the warehouse. So it's like, okay, it just left the warehouse. But it ain't going to show you that it's, oh, it's down on 85 or 95. You know what I'm saying? This is the advancement that we use because it's your product, but it hasn't arrived to you yet. But you bought it. Therefore, the rights of it belongs to you. And so as it travels to you, it's like you're looking at your child being protected and you're looking and you're making sure that it's going to get to where it says it's going to be. So even with some people who are stealing people's gifts off their porches and things like that, this are, these, these QR codes is going to lock it in and people could be able to track it. And he'll be like, hey, somebody just stole my stuff, took it, and now I see them going out into Atlanta. Like, it's, it's there, mm. all right? They have it, all right? So V-Chain was created by one of the chief security officers of Louis Vuitton, all right? So they have a team of developers to work together and they're working with Walmart um, and other countries. And uh, VeChain is a huge pr uh, project. Um, you can buy the cryptocurrency, but one of the ways of how I, I find value is that I only invest in currencies that solve real world problems. And that is a real world problem, all right? Another thing is uh, royalties, all right? And, and um, royalties, are long and drawn out. Anybody in the music and entertainment industry knows that you can do an album and it may take you six months later to actually get your first royalty check because of all the, the law and uh, processes that you have to go through for clearance and for money settlement and things like that. Well, we have something in blockchain called non-fungible tokens. All right. So that, I like to probably do another podcast just exclusive on that. But with non-fungible token, and, and don't worry about the names. You know, in blockchain, you're going to hear a lot of weird names, um, which is fine. Because if you think about it, Apple, like, okay, that's a computer company. Why do they call it Apple? So you'll get used to it. So in the future, when you hear non-fungible token, you really won't laugh at Like, that don't make sense. Or like Sushi Swap. You know, these are some of these weird names, but it's going to 
become part of our vocabulary where it's not going to sound as crazy moving forward. Uh, just like Google, like what is that? So anyway, uh, non-fungible tokens allow for artists um, to be able to um, incentivize um, their products. Uh, they can be able to um, individually add um, monetary value to um, any items that they want. It could be albums, it could be jewelry, it could be anything that they want to be able to um, add uh, a monetary value to it. And with the non-fungible tokens, they would be able to be paid out in royalties as fast as 24 hours. So if you go to a, and they do a let's say they do a, a concert or they just launch their album instead of waiting uh, six months for royalties or three months for royalties and waiting on advances and things like that, uh, they would be able to get paid within days, maybe even weeks of uh, cycles from the album sales. That's uh, that's unheard of. Artists don't get paid every week from album sales. But if they release their projects on the blockchain, the block as the people buy their music, the blockchain automatically sends them their digital currency money to a specified wallet by the content creator. Mm. All right. We got library credits. That's another blockchain um, uh, application. It's the competitor to YouTube. Uh, YouTube pays a handsome amount of money for their uh, content creators, but also YouTube also keeps a bigger pot for themselves. And for good reason. I mean, they have, they have a lot of infrastructure. They have to take care of things. I get it. However, there also are issues with being censored. There are issues with the content creators not giving free speech and the things that they really want to be passionate about. So library credits create a decentralized content creation network where you can upload videos similar to YouTube and you can um, onboard all your YouTube videos over to library credits platform. And as ad revenue come in, you get the bigger of the pie, meaning that as the, 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 the amount that I'm on YouTube get, you will get that as an individual, mm. all right? Why? Because there's no central authority. There's no central company. It is decentralized, meaning that you participate in an ecosystem with like-minded content creators, all right? And the, 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 uh, the revenue that you generate from your content, you're able to pocket that and you get paid out at a much uh, uh, a higher rate than where you would at YouTube. So what problem is that solving? Well, that problem solving is that for one, there's no restrictions on content creation. It's more fair value, okay? It's fair value, all right? And it's for the people, okay? So when you think of cryptocurrencies as well, if you think about what your bank does, your bank gives you the okay for your own money. Your bank takes your savings and lend it out into mortgages, car loans, and other sophisticated trading and investments on the market 
why they give you a very, very, very low interest rate for your savings. It's not fair. So that's why you also have what we call DeFi. So already I've mentioned about three different industries within blockchain. And y'all probably like, what is that? I did non-fungible tokens. All right. And then now we're in DeFi. DeFi means decentralized finance. Where you're able to get um, complex, uh, or not complex, but you can get easy access to loans. You can collateralize, collateralize um, certain assets that you already have. Um, you can lend out and have stipulations with um, interest rates on your on, on your money because you and decentralized finance gives you the opportunity to act as a bank, but in a fair manner, not in a predatorial manner where every where the interest rates are, are too high or um, is 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 sharp loaning. No, it, it doesn't allow for those things. You know, you have, we have uh, assets that are gaining 8%, 8.5% interest on our money. If somebody would ever tell you that you can get 8.5% on your money, you more than likely, if you ever dealt with finance, you say, that's a scam. There's no way. Everybody in the world will go to that place. And that is exactly what's happening now. You have a lot of NFL NBA players, they're locking up some of their uh, money into some of these uh, uh, DeFi projects in order to gain a favorable interest rates. And so do we think that we're going to have the death of the banks? No, the banks won't die out, but the banks are being radically challenged uh, to change their practices. It's because it's not for the people. And blockchain was created to bring um, stability and freedom to the people in the world to reshape how we do business and interaction and to fully help mankind to see its greatest potential and blockchain is ushering in that new movement. Yes, sir. Now you guys, if you're listening to this, you can obviously see why I had to bring on Eric when it comes to blockchain technology, crypto, because I wanted to bring somebody on that could speak to you about it in a manner that you could understand. There's probably some things that you didn't understand, but, but here's the thing, guys, just it's, it's coming. It's already here. It's not coming. It's already here. And we have a, a great opportunity. And many of you that listen to this right now, you know, you're investors and you're looking for a way to possibly invest into blockchain technology, into some of the, the projects that Eric talked about that's solving real world problems, not just looking to, you know, replace fiat like maybe a bitcoin is and i want you to think beyond that and so as we're closing out eric i, I do want to share where people how people can connect with you because this conversation we could have it for days and not even would only be at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to blockchain but i want i want to read something to you eric before we share you know how people can connect with you learn more from you i, I want to read this to you and I actually sent this to you yesterday, but in a group that Eric has, has created and founded, one of the groups called Inspired Trading Group that's on Facebook, you know, I went on there and I announced, hey, you know, I'm getting ready to have an interview with Eric and you guys let me know, you know, your thoughts or any questions. And somebody posted this on here. She said, this is wonderful. Eric White is, a very is very relevant in the cryptocurrency and trading space. 
I spent over a year learning the fundamentals of stock investing, technical analysis of options, Forex, and cryptocurrency markets. Eric and Larry have changed the way I trade and helped me to realize the importance of psychological aspect of trading and the necessity of having a trading plan and knowing how to mark up a naked chart. More than anything, I appreciate Eric's authentic nature to educate and elevate the community. So Eric, as we're closing out here, man, I just want to, I want to share with people, Eric's, Eric's different, man. (laughs) I mean, you can hear in his voice how passionate he is about this, but I would add on top of that, that Eric, um, and I'm speaking to you and speaking to the audience at the same time, Eric's even more passionate about helping you understand the, the aspects of, you know, trading, investing, and then the psychology behind it and why we do what we do, how we invest, how we can be better at it. He even goes into things about, you know, just building legacy and family business and all this other stuff. And that's going to be another podcast. Mm -hmm. Eric's going to be on here multiple times. I already know this. But anyway, Eric, talk to me real quick. How does that make you feel that you've impacted so many people's lives and you're going to continue to to impact people's lives like this how does it make you feel when you you hear something like what i just read to you or text you yesterday it's i'm i'm honored um humbled uh a lot of people know me know i they think that i'm really an outward person i really am an introvert at its core uh sometimes i it's hard for me uh, to explain what I do or talk about what I do without feeling a certain type of way. Even if I post something on Facebook of trying to help and educate, uh, sometimes it's something in the back of my head to say, like, uh, I don't know if I should really do this. Maybe I just need to just stay low and just do my own thing. But I've, I've overcome that. Um, I had an issue uh, throughout my life of uh, dumbing myself down and not really going hard into the direction I needed, know I needed to, uh, you know, do. Um, so hearing that from people is actually uh, healing for me because it, it helps, uh, it helps you understand that you are doing something important for the world and it makes me want to, learning even more. That's why when we first talked this morning, I was talking about how um, I'm still a student of the game and I feel like I got even more to learn. Um, I have not arrived. Um, and in the moment you think that you have arrived or something, the moment you're going to invite in complacency. So we always have to stay vigilant. We have, we have to stay uh, hungry. Um, to want to get better. Um, we had a lot of deaths this year, and personally in my family, uh, we have had, uh, you know, deaths of people, uh, iconic stars such as Kobe Bryant, things like that. So when you take all those things in, 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 into thought, you know, we all can get better. We all can, we all can uh, challenge ourselves like I said, to have the mamba, mamba mentality. I mean, all these people who passed away, were they perfect people? No, nobody's um, perfect, but we can strive for perfection. And in striving for perfection, we actually are 
practicing perfection. And I think perfection has to be practiced. It's, it's, it's not something that we just become. We don't, we don't become perfect. You, know, you just practice perfection. And as long as you practice the perfection, you, you, you'll do well in life. And so reading some of these you know, comments uh, uh, in regards to me, it's, um, it's humbling. Uh, it makes me feel good. And it makes me want to go harder. Like when I get off from here, I want to dive in even more to understand blockchain. This is because if, if you ever interview me again, you ask me about what blockchain is, I'm going to be able to give you even better examples. I, want to, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to use the same examples I used before. I want you to be able to say, wow, he's, he's already grown. In fact, you've already known from my first one from now, there's certain things I've grown in knowledge since then. Mm-hmm. And that's growth. And we always want to see growth. All right. And even with uh, me developing um, Inspired Trading Group um, and Dark Horse Coins, um, I created it in a manner. I even told my wife, I said, I don't want this to be something where it becomes about money. Um, Some people create products and services just with the end goal of money. With me, it wasn't about that. And that's why I priced it as such. You know, it's only $150 for uh, a membership, and that's just lifetime membership. But you get asset, uh, access to, you know, how to, how to trade, um, how to find and research these blockchain projects, um, how to do technical analysis, how to create a trade plan or in, a, in a business investment plan. You know, how to have uh, investment strategies, when to pull out, when to add, how to stay in the uptrend. It's a lot of things that come in. It. And it's only one, 150. Some people say, man, I know people charging 1400. I'm for the little man where we, we have we have struggled throughout society, uh, throughout history, when it comes to uh, monetiz- uh, mon- the monetary system. And I don't. I want to be someone who can help liberate uh, people. And sometimes the barrier, the entry, can be so high that it can be a turnoff and deter people, and they believe that they don't have hope. And I want to show the little man, middle man, even a large man, that hey, it doesn't matter what price range you are in economically, or. or um, we can all work together to make this work. Would everyone work together? No, we, we accept that. But in Dark Horse Coins, we work together as a group. My job is to open your eyes and mind to things that you may have never seen. But in, in that, you will become better. You will bring your skills. You'll bring your knowledge. I don't set myself as the guru. We're all students to this, and we all can learn. We can all have conversations. Someone may bring up something I never even thought about, and I'll say, you know what? That was smart. Let me look into that as well, too. But in order for us to really, truly build wealth, you can't do it alone. You shouldn't do it alone. You should do it with a group of people. You should, you should connect with like-minded people, and that should be the ultimate goal. And so I've never been really stingy about that. I could have kept all the knowledge that I have. I could have kept it myself and just built wealth for my family. And that would have been an injustice. And I prayed a long time ago. One of my, and I think we talked about this before, Carlos. I prayed 
if God would uh, allow me to see a million, because I had made a million before in our old business back in the early 2008 through 12-ish. I was like, if I can become a millionaire again, I would teach all this, you know, either for free. I think I said something like that. But when I, after I said it, I was like, why would you wait for something to happen before you do something? I said, Eric, that doesn't even make sense. So I recapped it, and I was like, let me come back to drawing board with this. I said, I'm not going to wait until I get something to do something. I was like, to me, that's ungodly. I was like, that don't make sense, right? So I said to myself, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to help. Regardless. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter about if I get this, then I would do that. Like, no, I'm just going to do it. Regardless. I accepted the fact that I'm financially blessed. And when I changed that mentality, the, the doors, the blessings and everything, you know, it, it, it opened up. And it's been a wonderful journey. I look to, uh, to add more content, add more value to the community um, and, and, just, and just helping people uh, to succeed. Um, but, you know, when you, when you work with us and, and we work together, you'll notice that it's, it's going to be all about the mentality. And that's why I like to be inspiring um, to help with you know, personal development, uh, even professional development. That's very important. Wealth is hard to attain if you don't have the right mindset. Right. It's going to be a lot of emotions involved. It's going to be a lot of second guessing involved. But you have to get the mindset correct because self-sabotage, which can be a whole entire podcast of itself, is very, very, very real. And we have to get out of our way. Okay? We have to ask ourselves, the stock market has been here for hundreds of years. There's been many financial institutions and financial instruments that could have been used to build wealth. Why haven't we taken advantage of it as a family unit for generations to generations? Where was the cutoff? What, what was the disconnect? Or why wasn't there no connection? And a lot of times it started with a mindset that we didn't believe that we deserved, that we could even um, interact and be in that arena. And we can. Uh, it doesn't matter your uh, your background, your nationality, but there is a certain part, uh, portion, a large portion of the population who don't believe that they deserve more than what they have now and that something is not for them. And I'm just here to let you know that it is for you. It was always for you. You just didn't believe. And now it's just time to do the work. And anything you're going to want in life, you got to do the work. You're going to have failures. So fail fast. Fail fast. Why, why wait to fail 10 years from now? Go ahead and fail now. Get it over with. So that maybe in 10 years, you, you, know, you hit your stride. You're ready to go. Or you know how to avoid certain things. You, that, that's the perfect way for us to learn. We're never going to be perfect. When I started block, uh, the blockchain uh, journey and Dark Horse Coins, I didn't know. I made a lot of pivots on this way. Uh, Carlos can let you know that I started out, I was talking a lot about stocks and Forex. And uh, at first, uh, we had Aspire Trading Academy. I had all this. I, I have just now switched into being coming a niche focus on Dark Horse Coins. It's okay to guys to change and make pivots in life. 
You don't have to be married to the idea that what you thought you should have been or what society told you that you should have been. Some of you won't get into a blockchain. Some of you will. Some of you may find other things enlightening about it that will open your mind. If you love stocks, guess what, guys? There are blockchain stocks out there. You don't have to do cryptocurrencies if you don't, you know? So I just want to leave that with you guys. Uh, I appreciate all the listeners. I appreciate everyone that gave a a great review and and, um, talked about the positives of me and everything. And and like I said, I I want to work hard. Harder, especially for you guys. And we appreciate you, Eric, man. So as we're closing out here, I just want to encourage you, as you've been listening to this, again, you can hear it in Eric's voice. I'm sitting here looking at him because we're on a Zoom call as we're recording this. He's sitting here uh, repping Dark Horse Coins, his hoodie and, and, <laughs> and hat here. But I want to mm-hmm. encourage you to go out, and I'm going to put this in the show notes. You can go out. I'm going to give you three resources out there. Number one, uh, the first interview that Eric and I did together, that was episode seven. That's where Eric talked about how to master investing or any skill by leveraging the power of the one thing mentality. That's another great listen. So if you enjoyed this one, definitely go out there and listen to that. And then also the Inspired Trading Group on Facebook group, that's actually a free resource where Eric and his team actually get on there every day. I actually think Eric honestly could charge just for the Inspired Trading Group uh, Facebook group itself. And he could charge hundreds of thousands of dollars because he's sharing so much knowledge. And like he said earlier, there's people that actually charge for what he's sharing for free. And so go take advantage of that. I'm gonna put that in the, in the show note links. And then also Dark Horse Coins, that's his, the premium. And you heard it, the, the investment into that, very low investment, he could charge, he can put a comma into that investment and it'd still be well worth it because of the things he's sharing, the research him and his team do. So he's helping save you time by researching. They send out reports. I'm a part of Dark Horse Coins, a part of Inspired Trading Group. And I've, and I've uh, benefited tremendously from it. So I want you to go out there, take advantage of those resources, uh, connect with Eric. And so Eric, you dropped a tremendous amount of knowledge. I'm going to go back and listen to it again uh, because you, you said some things that get, has me even more excited about blockchain and the future of cryptocurrency and all the problems it's going to solve. So thank you for being a guest again. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Well, Do It Journey family, thank you. Thank you for listening. Go out there, connect with Eric, get those resources. If you really want to learn more about cryptocurrency, uh, blockchain technology, even investing and the mentality behind it and wealth building, you want to go out there, listen to that podcast, connect with Eric on at Expired Trading Group. And if you want to take it even to another level, go out there, check out Dark Horse Coins. And as we always say here, Do His Journey family, make it a great day. And remember, don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer. Thank you for listening to the Doer's Journey podcast. If you'd like to connect on social media, you can go to Instagram or Facebook and search the Doer's Journey podcast and we'll connect there. And also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. By leaving us a rating, you let us know how we can help you on your Doer's Journey and you also help other people find this podcast. Now go out there, make it a great day, and remember, 
don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer.